Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. Hello and welcome back to ELFM. I'm Emily and we've got kind of a few people around the desk. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hello, I am Amos and this week I've had two days off of school because of the teacher strikes and today I watched a film. Hello, my name is Viru and I also got two days of strike and then I go to the temple Newson Park with my parents. I'm Johan and I'm going to have a five day weekend because this Friday is a training day. Hello, I'm Evan and I've been very bored this week with all the online learning. Hello, my name's Stephen and... I've mostly just been staying at home at the strike days. Hello, I'm Caitlin and I've just been at home. And finally, it is the birthday of one of our broadcasters here in the studio. So let's all wish a happy birthday to Emily. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Emily. Happy birthday to you. How old are you, Emily? Um, at 8.15, I'm going to be 12. Brilliant. So, um, does anybody know what day it is tomorrow? St. Patrick's Day! It is. And so, to honour St. Patrick's Day, we're going to play a traditional Irish song. This is The Irish Rover by the Dubliners and the Pogues. Set sail from the sweet cove of Cork. We were sailing away with a cargo of bricks for the Grand City Hall in New York. Twas a wonderful craft, she was rigged for the nap. And oh, how the wild wind drove her. She stood several blasts, she had 27 masts, and they called her the Irish Rover. We had one million bikes of the best lawyer rights, we had two million barrels. We had three sides of our blind horses' hides. We had four million barrels of bones. We had five million hogs, six million dogs, seven million barrels of pork, sir. We had eight million piles of old nanny ghost tiles and a whole of the Irish Rover. There was old Mickey Coot who played hard on his flute when the ladies lined up for a set. He was tootled with skill for each sparkling quadrille Till the dancers were fluted and bet With his smart, witty talk, he was cut out the walk And he rolled the dames under and over They all knew how to dance when he took up his stance Then he sailed in the Irish Rover the table is going to be saying uh, and reading out their poems that we've been making for the past few weeks with Lydia. Uh, she's a writer and she's been helping us produce these poems. 
And the first one is going to be my poem about meal deals in co-op. Where's the chocolate? Come on. Beep, beep. This is how you buy a meal deal at co-op. First you gotta leave at twelve o'clock and make sure you don't stop. Next head to the food and drink aisle. Now you gotta make sure you arrive in style. Then you want to pick up the first thing you see, and I'll pick up a drink that begins with C. So if it is a BLT, pick up something else that is pork free. Now head over to the counter and make sure that you pay with a tenner. So I'm now reading my poem. So firstly, we grab two real red tomatoes from the desk shop. Next, we buy mushrooms and tomato pasta with a really small price. We go to our clean house and start cooking our best pizza in the world. We put everything together and start cooking it. When it's finished, go to the market and sold it. After go to the Domino's pizza and buy normal delicious pizza. And don't forget to clean your house. Woo! Um, so this next song... Uh, is going to be Common People by The Pulp. She came from Greece, she had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College, that's where I Welcome back to ELFM. The song you just heard was Common People by Pulp. And we chose this because, well, it references a supermarket. So I've made a poem about egg fried rice. Use the cup that you've used for 10 years to take the rice out of the bag and put it in your new fresh rice cooker bowl. Place the bowl under your beloved tap 
and rinse the rice to get out the pungent starch stench, choking you as you smell it. Then fill up with water up to the line with the number of your beloved family waiting in the room outside. Use the secret finger method no one knows about to measure the water needed. Then reach one metre to the back of the rice cooker to turn the switch on. Your dad walks in the kitchen and has to teach you how to press the 100 button combination to turn on the century old rice cooker. After a short hour of watching TV with the family, take the rice out of the rice cooker and feel all the delight in the world as you fry the chops scrambled egg seasoned with the never-seen-before secret combination of soy sauce and salt and serve in portions of however many people eat. Hello, my name is Amos and I am going to read a poem about vegan tofu curry. So, uh, yeah. Dry the moist tofu they've ordered in the big shop. Do this using kitchen roll. It becomes wet and strange to hold. Cut and fry the tofu. Burn yourself on the vicious oil, spitting like a snake. Still, sizzling, spitting, snapping and popping. Place it to the side, before frying up some onions. When you cut them, suck on a teaspoon. The tip your father gave you when you were nine. Add in some secret seasoning. It's turmeric, curry powder and more. You'll cough and cough and cough and cough, but you should cover your mouth with some fabric to stop the evil fumes getting in. Now the magic happens. The coconut milk. Don't cut yourself on the tin. Now add all the chopped vegetables and put it on a plate. Serves for amosgoodfood.com. Now it is time for my poem. It's called Victoria's Bunch. Gather everyone in family. Get Nana. Get Nana's best heft butter or sharp knife. Get excited, not too excited. Watch as she gets a slice for everyone. The taste of Nana's victorious sponge makes me happy. The dog right, dog doing puppy. He looked because it wants some. And then everyone having good time. Warning, it is delicious. Hi, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure to hear your different recipes and how best to enjoy your foods. So um, some people kind of talked about buying their ingredients. So I wondered if that's a really important part. If I'm honest, I've never actually bought a real deal from co <laughs> it's just It's just something that I just came up with. Uh, maybe I will. Convincing. Maybe I will buy one just to see what it's like. Excellent, fantastic. Um, Amos, you also talked about ordering your tofu in the big shop. Is being vegan really important to you as well? Um, so I'm vegetarian, but um, yeah, it is quite important because it it's just um, I don't eat meat, and I'll, most people do eat meat, so it's a thing that sort of makes me different. <laughs> um. And the big shop is just like um, the weekly shop that gets delivered to us in the big Tesco lorry. There's the Tesco man and all of the crates. And um, Dad gets really angry when nobody comes rushes down to help at a million miles an hour to help empty the crates of the big shop. And it's just a Saturday morning tradition. Yeah. 
Fantastic. I really enjoyed how your families um, played a part in in your poems as well. Um, I'm thinking about Stephen, you were talking about your dad um, and the hundred button combination of the rice cooker. Um, and also, Emily, yours was all about Grandma's Victoria sponge. Yeah. Do you think there's a strong link between family and food and culture? Um, I think... I think family is quite important because, you know, it's your family and you grow up with them. And basically, the people who can, like, you know, be like your family, but uh, lots of people can be in your family as well, even the ones that you aren't related to as well. That's a really nice point and really important about that definition of family. Um, what do you think, Stephen? Is family and food really important? Yeah, I also think that family plays a big part in like the food you eat and what makes your culture because most of the food that you learn how to make is passed on from your family. So That's really, really interesting. Um, I know that later we're going to have another poem about... Um, about food Um, and then we're also going to have another one about music and I think that's something where we've got cake and that really enjoyable food is kind of unnecessary but really important um, and cultural maybe in the same way that music is. Thank you so much Lydia. Can everyone give Lydia a massive round of applause? Uh, The thunder of claps probably sounds lovely on the radio. We're going to now play Lydia's song, um, which is Talking Heads song, This Must Be The Place, um, which is also about home, a little theme that's running through the show. So enjoy Talking Heads. I'm Evan and I'm going to read my poem about music um, because 
I've always loved music and I've been playing piano for like four years now. So yeah, here's my poem. Every note has a purpose, every note has a sound. Let them pick up your hand and the heartbeat will be found. Let your mouth, uh, keep your mouth closed. Let your hands do the talking. Stay where you can see me, it's not time to be walking. Down the street, up the lane, turn around and back again. The work here is over, it's time for bed. Pull the, pull the covers tight, now rest your head. Hi, I'm Caitlin and this is about Polish pancakes. First wash your hands and turn on Taylor Swift. Add 500 grams of the forgotten fowl flour out of the back of your pantry. Add so-called slimy free-range free eggs. Then add creamy blue cat's milk into your mixture. The silver dish that your grandma's grandma's passed down for decades is finally to be used later on. Add your Grop your hands into the glue-like mixture and mix until your hands are not peeling. Shape your pancakes into a semicircle with a protractor and cook it at 250 Fahrenheit. Then get out the shop-bought pancakes from the fridge. P.S. Don't eat the batter. What a lovely Red Kite episode. So I'm Henry, the broadcasting worker here, and we wanted to finish with a good old-fashioned Red Kite round table. But first off, Amos is going dun-dun-dun. But first off, can everyone get a massive round of applause for everyone reading their poems? Again, the sound of thunder applause on the radio. So Amos came to me and he said, Listen, Henry, I've got something I need to get off my chest. I I need to talk about this. So... Amos, what's what's bugging you, man? Um, so recently I heard in the radio and I read something about it that they've been censoring a lot of words that have been in Roald Dahl's books. And personally, I don't believe that this is a good decision of the publishers. So what are some of the examples that we, we found of, of things being... I guess, and let's also remember, this is... This is the censorship is coming from the publishers, not necessarily Roald Dahl, but it is, it's the people that own the rights. So what are they changing uh, in their books, in the books um, they own? If you ask me, the most outrageous one is removing... So in um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, a tractor is described as being a black tractor and they've removed the word black because apparently calling an inanimate object by the colour that it is is now racially motivated, which is like... It's not. But um, another one they've removed is in the Twits calling Mrs. Twit ugly. She's now only referred to as beastly because people would rather be called beast than they would ugly. Um, and then the final one, which we had a bit of a discussion about earlier, was they're no longer calling Augustus Gloop fat. They're calling him greedy. So my, my question then to you folks is that fat is firstly just... It's generally a descriptor of someone, but it's also used in a derogatory way. Do you find that, like, actually having these books that go, it's okay to laugh at people who are... I don't even want to use the word overweight. That seems an old-fashioned way of saying it, but people that are larger. Like, I mean, I'll put it to you. Do you think in the 60-odd years since it was published, people were called Augustus Gloop and maybe the same for, like, Eric Cartman and stuff, someone mentioned before? Stephen, what do you think about that do you think it, it it normalizes this like laughing at people that are oversized 
Well, I think it's not good to call people like derogatory words, but I think if it's a descriptor of someone and if it's been like that for about 60 years, why have people just been talking about it now? And is there are problems with saying the words, but not necessarily like why now? And and also yeah. like um the point of the characters, all the characters in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like Augustus Gloop, is that they're trying to teach children a lesson about what not to do. So like calling him fat and gluttonous and greedy are all words that that somewhat have negative connotations. So the the characters are I'm going to use my English techniques. They're all constructs um, to try and like teach a lesson. Go on, Emily. What are you going to say? Also, like, what's the problem in like um, calling him fat and like Steve, what Stephen said? Why are they only talking about it now when his whole whole like character like yes to be greedy but you know what I mean yeah Evan I'm going to come to you and ask you in response to Stephen's point I wonder why now will things change right words change language yeah. change do you think change is good or do you think um, you just respect this is what it was written back then if you know that's what yeah. it, that's what it was um I don't really think it's like a big deal out of it like people should make a big deal out of it since in in the end it's just a describing word that people describe people with uh, but there's also descriptions in Roald Dahl of characters being ugly and that that being like the bad characters tend to be ugly characters and that's something that's been edited but I, I mean I didn't grow up with Roald Dahl is Roald Dahl something that's special to you guys that you hold in your heart uh, yeah. yeah 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 basically but I think that I would rather be called ugly than beastie personally I just okay. think beastly is a worse word than ugly. And, like, um, in, like, really odd books, they'll be, like... Because calling people fat and ugly was, like, acceptable when these books were written 50, 60 years ago. And, like, if you think about books written 100 and, like, however many years ago, they'll use, like, the N-word, the F-slur, things like that. And, like, that, those can all be conversation starters with younger people about why these words are bad so it could be you could say the exact same thing about augustus gloop like calling him fat that could be like a conversation starter with a five-year-old about why you shouldn't call people fat in a, in a derogatory way very good okay well i'm going to move on to the next big chewy conversation topic um which we said about the strikes so we opened the show by saying that people had days off from strikes i'm just going to go around and i want everyone who wants to, to say one thing on reflection, and this is just entirely your thoughts, your opinion, um, and uh, about about how you found the last few weeks where uh, certain teachers, that one teachers union, NEU, have been on strike. We'll start with you, Amos. Um, I fully support the strike. I think it's the right thing that teachers should be doing in this situation because teachers being asked to do more for less. And I have a teacher who, um, he's the head of year 11 at my school, and he said, like, um, he fully supports the strike, but he's not going to go on strike because he has a load of year 10s doing an exam. And if he fully supports the strike, that's sort of hypocritical because the point of the strike is to cause disruption. Um, And I just think striking is the right uh, action to take. Uh, Johan, any thoughts for you? Um, Personally, I think uh, that the strikes should, 
be continuing, not because I want school to be closed, but because like the government say that they care about the education, but they won't pay teachers more to teach us. Okay, Caitlin. Um, well, I, well, I think that um, it's better to have strikes because it, in school you really don't learn that much. You just learn that teachers are just being mean to you and getting detentions instead of actually learning a lot of stuff. So I don't really like strikes day because when it's strike day, it's most teacher like it's not a school. So if you got all nosy teachers that teach the subject, and some of these teachers don't actually know how to teach it. So like uh, when our teacher for IT is gone, you got some teachers for maths which didn't know how to use like a board, so don't go over a normal lesson. Um. I agree in parts, but then also disagree, since every person who does go on a strike, it puts more pressure on on another person. And then and there's also the saying that you learn something new every day. But if you're doing online learning, personally, I don't learn anything while I'm doing online learning. I don't really have any strong feelings towards a strike, but I do understand that there needs some action to be taken and, like... Some teachers can't afford, like, enough to live and, like, the cost of living crisis is really, like, taking a toll on people, so. I personally, like, um, I, like, support the strike and because not many people get paid and there's... Um, teachers who like have kids to take care of, and they have to take care of themselves as well, and like feed, feed their family members, and it's not that I love to stay off, but um, also it's well, it's not just because of that, but uh, you still, you still kind of learn something, and like because sometimes. If you go on Google Classroom, um, they set up slides and activities where you can actually read it and like learn. And I don't really think it's fair that the teachers just don't get paid enough. Folks, thank you so much for all your very nuanced, very reasonable and very... Uh, sharp points we're going to end on a song so caitlin referenced this artist in her poem her fantastic poem so we're going to end on a taylor swift song and it's what i think every time you all come into chapel fm art center it's i knew what you were trouble thank you very much folks goodbye
Baby 